This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. A quick match reaction after a delightful wolf smash and grab. Joining me uh, out of Match Club, Mr. Phil Shaw and hello. Mr. Chris Bird. Welcome. Hello, hello. Well, where where to start? I mean, uh, let's start. Uh, if that was not behind closed doors, uh, Grealish would have had some pelters today from the crowd. I uh, know, oh, he'd have loved it, wouldn't he? <laughs> he would rise to the occasion, I think. He'd, he'd definitely play to it. Yeah, it would have added a whole new dimension. Uh, but instead, uh, different kind of heroes this time. I mean, the main villain of, of the piece, uh, Mike Dean, but more of him uh, later. First of all, let, I mean, let's go from the top. Uh, Ramsey in, Traore in, Trezeguet nowhere to be seen. Obviously, uh, Barkley uh, still, we're still waiting for his return, which is either going to be uh, Burnley or the Baggies. What, what did you think of the Ramsey switch, uh, keeping Horahan on the sidelines? He's got energy, Ramsey. I think he's good on the ball. So I think it was it was an interesting one to put him in for his first game in, you know, against what is a, a pretty good midfield, you know, with Matinho. I think that's why he was there, though, wasn't it? Yeah, just for the legs. Because of the Wolves midfield. Yeah, yeah. Compared to Horahan, he's probably closer to the kind of player Barkley is. So I can see why he'd play. Unfortunate for you know for Trezeguet to not play. I mean, I think that's probably the what, second time in a week that Villa have had issues with Gash. Um, it's kind Ooh. of was that an attempt at a joke? There, that was an attempt at a joke. <laughs> you can edit that one out. <laughs> um, no, we keep it in. <laughs> that's what she said. Hey, hey. <laughs> sorry, carry on. <laughs> um, I mean, I thought you know the. I think if Trezeguet's fit, he probably would have started. Traore ultimately needs game time to get up to speed in English football, but he was kind of he's he's blown very hot and cold, hasn't he? Throughout, he, he I mean, he has his moments uh, where he, there was a bit of interplay with Grealish, almost like uh, he was stepping in for Barkley, and uh, yeah. there was one really sweet uh, left foot dead ball delivery, but then he he, he kind of goes missing for periods. He does. He? Yeah, it's it's strange, but come back to Ramsey. Him playing, he was what he was the bridge for McGinn to get back involved in the game because McGinn was more involved in this game than he has been for a good while. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. He did. He, he definitely allowed because he kind of just sat in between Louise and um, 
and the the attacking players. He kind of almost like almost like a more traditional box to box player. The fact that he just gave us the legs meant Louise could play a little bit deeper, which probably suits him. And then McGinn could get involved and link up with Jack a lot more. Yeah, I mean we've we've spoken about uh, John McGinn's how many touches he's uh, he was getting in a, in a previous show when you know he was he was around thirty five forty and. Uh, we were wondering, you know, why why is he dropped off so much? And that's that's been a thing across, you know, let's say across the last eight months or so, when people have said, well, you know, he's not who he used to be. Uh, maybe it's international fatigue. But then there's also he was playing a bit deeper and was kind of less involved, especially when Barkley came along. But then in that Brighton game when uh, Barkley went off. Suddenly, uh, McGinn had about you know seven. I think it was that seventy-one touches or something. So he almost like doubled his uh, involvement. Uh, so just with that in mind, uh, quick, quick McGinn touch count. How many touches did he have? I'm going to go with sixty-five. Phil, I'll go sixty. It was fifty-one. So uh, not dramatically uh, more. I mean, in terms of uh, he was guilty a few times doing his old uh, bum routine, but kind of on the edge of his own box when it when. Wolves swarmed him and, you know, ultimately got the ball as well. And it was in, you know, dodgy areas to kind of be pulling that off because yeah, that the, risk, the um, risk factor was too high. That was one of the frustrating things at times. You know, Villa, for the most part in the first half, played pretty well. They were solid, but they, they just had this inkling for some reason that they've had in the last few games that they would just play themselves into trouble needlessly. And Wolves do have the players that will punish you. And, we, we you know, there was a couple of occasions where we thought they, they were going to. Um, the fact that you know you've kept Adama Traore relatively quiet through most of the game, yeah, you think well we must have been on top, but actually we kind of just made silly decisions. I think a lot of our the you know the chances that Wolves made certainly in the first sort of hour of the game were so avoidable, and then of course we we let them into the game more and more, and they got got a bit of momentum and belief that actually they could hurt us. Whereas really they didn't they didn't I didn't think they had a lot in terms of like a centre forward. It was more wide players midfielders getting involved yeah I mean there was two things kind of going through my mind as the game was developing one was like and this is kind of looking like a nil-nil because it was a bit scrappy without any real guilt edge chances but then uh, you know Wolves started to st- step it up a bit more but uh, initially it was a little bit like that Liverpool Wolves game at the start where both teams were kind of wanting to counter the other and it was kind of a bit of cat and mouse in that respect and then when wolves actually i mean the i mean ironically the uh, the sending off helped us because that really encouraged wolves to uh, have a go because they had built up a bit of momentum and, and kind of camped out a little bit uh, i think midway through the second half and that tempted them to really have a go especially with the 10 men and you saw early doors when uh, i think mings played a real long clearance so he just like hoofed it but he knew where he was hoofing it went up to watkins on the left hand side who was right on the touchline and Watkins, instead of just trapping it back to you know back to goal and just like you know holding it up and laying it off, he actually turned round and and drove at uh, Wolves, and you know we had a kind of a half chance from that. But then you thought, well, actually, if Wolves carry on that, we're still alive here with ten men. We, we you know we're still uh, we still might do a little snatch and grab, and that's how it kind of played out. Yeah, it was a bit like the Leicester game whenever uh, Leicester brought Madison on and opened the game up and got her chance yeah. again. Wolves very disciplined the whole game until they open up slightly and that's when we get our chance again it's when when teams are disciplined the whole game that's when it all seems to go wrong for us like brighton disciplined the whole game west ham disciplined the whole game we just we struggle more yeah it's when we have to force the issue isn't it i think today maybe suited the way we wanted to set up and we we wanted to play in transition whereas actually i think wolves did as well so it was a bit of a game of cat and mouse 
a long period. And I think in the last sort of 20 minutes, you saw Wolves actually saying, well, we're going to take the initiative here. Anthony Joshua's fighting tonight. And you could use a boxing analogy. It's like, uh, you know, initially it's guards up toe to toe, but then as soon as the uh, the, the, the opponent looks like uh, senses as a weakness there, and they, you know, they, they start to think about throwing more punches and they leave the guard down, that's when Villa spring a counter. Rumble uh, in the jungle, isn't it? A counter knockout blow, exactly. I mean, what what way to do it? You know, to 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 win it in the manner that Villa did. I think they'll take great confidence, especially after the last couple of games where they've obviously dropped points that they shouldn't have, and in relatively sort of controversial circumstances around last minute decisions. I think it's great that I mean that the penalty is a penalty all day long. Yeah, know, I mean, we we were in other games we were peppering goal chance after chance and, and wasteful in front of goal was actually we were very efficient today. And I, I can't remember when we had the first uh, shot on target because I, I know at least it was at least 65 minutes we hadn't had a shot on target. So to uh, get the smash and grab in the way we did was, uh, I mean, the only thing probably missing was to have no shots on target and then to score an own goal to give us a 1-0. But uh, it was uh, very satisfying because you, you're starting to look at the bigger picture and you're thinking, uh, you know, although I, I would be happy with a point in this game because, uh, you know, it's a, it's a tough fixture. Wolves are no schmucks. But they were on the ascendancy at the end. If they scored, you, you could see murmurs on social media already when we went down to 10 men that, you know, the inevitable was would get beat here. Then it'd be five losses in six. Certainly the whole complexion changes. But with this smash and grab, it's suddenly looking and you can still pull on the positive, like four wins out of the last five away games. So, and you know, four of them with clean sheets as well. That's such a big thing after the last few weeks of performances. Right back to sort of, you know, like Leeds, Southampton, and you obviously include Brighton and West Ham. The fact that we made so many silly errors that cost us goals and we managed to really, you know, work so hard for the clean sheet. You know, I think I think you said in, in Match Club that it's actually the first time you've really seen in a match what Martinez is capable of because so many yeah. games, bar the penalty save against um, Sheffield on the, you know, the first game, he hasn't had heavy pressure. You know, generally it's been in, either in the back of the net or the ball's been at the other end of the field. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a scientific uh, stat. I'm, I'm just saying this off the top of my head, but I think he made more saves in that game than he has in the rest of the season. And certainly, like, noticeably so, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. certainly, like, guilt-edge ones. He probably made two or three, like, really world-class saves, especially the one in the second half from Dendonka. Like point blank range, great save, and the one when he goes low down to his left in the first half is a brilliant save as well. And you can roll out the old cliche that uh, you know the signs of a good team is to have a good goalkeeper and and you know win ugly and snatch games like this. Which uh, I mean, how many times have we seen uh, the likes of United? taking three points off filler in, in, in the last minutes or in injury time. So uh, this is the second time we've done it this season. Yeah, Wol- uh, Wolves kind of did to us what we've been doing to ourselves for quite a long time. Good habit to get into, yeah. It is a good habit. Do we, do we have to go on to the ref now? Uh, that, well, yeah. That, seems... yellows, <laughs> that seems to be the headline of the game because he did ruin the game. What, what, you know, it wasn't even a dirty game, was it? I mean, we were talking in match club at half time that somebody's going to go. And that yeah, actually we, happened. It was probably going to be Louise. I think after about half an hour, we all said, "Yeah, there's no way Louise is getting through 90 minutes here." Yeah, I mean, he got his first yellow on the 14th minute mark. Cash also would would probably be potential because obviously with their wingers, he got an early yellow on the on just before the half hour, and it was it was inevitable. I mean, McGinn was an also. I mean, he got one on half hour as well. I mean, we were three yellow cards down after the uh, half hour mark, and it was it was just sweepstakes really. Who would be the player that would go? Well, we had six separate players receiving cards. Obviously, Louise got two as well. You know, there was the, the Jack one, which was a, a pretty crap tackle, to be honest. But there weren't too many of them that you thought, well, they're borderline. They were, you know, it wasn't at all, I wouldn't say it was a niggly or a sort of a nasty game. It was just, yeah. just very competitive. 
I mean, it, it, it's uh, it's Dean putting down the marker early doors because you know normally in the first few minutes you let the odd one go and uh, you know you say next time. But this, when you make so many yellow cards early doors, then any challenge has to get a yellow card. Well, I would I would compare it to the West Ham game, and I might be controversial here. What kind of referee would you rather have? Would you rather have arrogant? attention-seeking stickler for the rules, Mike Dean, or would you rather just have inept, which is what we had against West Ham? Well, we ended up with three points, so it's, it's, a, it's a tricky decision. <laughs> oh, Philip, this could take hours to debate. <laughs> but, I mean, if if the referee in the West Ham game had a crackdown on some of the tackles, especially when they Jack from West Ham in the first five minutes, you would have had the same scenario again. So it's, it's two sides of the same coin. Phil likes authority. He likes to be bossed around. <laughs> He likes order. Not for Mike Dean, anyway. Yeah, I mean, Louise is, you know, he's, he's ready at the end. Of I don't think anybody has any arguments with today. You, you just think, you know, especially the second yellow, it's just so stupid to go in with your elbow in the eighth. You, you're only ever going to get a booking for doing that. And when you're on a yellow already and you've had a couple of sort of niggly fouls before that, the ref's just looking for an excuse to get you off. Same as, you know, Matinho for them. You just thought, well, he's going to go here. Well, I mean, let's, let's just jump on the goal that obviously won it. Was it a penalty for you? Stonewall. Yep. So uh, we were debating uh, before, uh, you know, who's, I think we debated when Watkins missed the penalty against West Ham, who is the Villa penalty taker? And Dean Smith actually uh, said uh, after the, you know, post-match of this game uh, that if Amwar wasn't on the pitch, then uh, it was Grealish and Grealish would have taken the penalty. And uh, Anwar did say that, uh, you know, Grealish offered it to him because, uh, I mean, his track record penalty takings, uh, I mean, he scored against Manchester City last season. And as Grealish has said before, he is the training ground finisher. You know, he's the best finisher in, in the squad. We, we just obviously haven't seen it consistently. But he, has well, he, the he said himself, didn't he, after the game, Al Ghazi, when asked, well, were you nervous? Nope. How much pressure did you feel stepping up to take that penalty? To be honest, not much. You know, I practice a lot uh, with shooting drills and the penalties. Even if I'm not playing at the moment, uh, I try to do my best in training as well. So I practice a lot. And if you practice a lot, you know, it's, it's something you, you, you get used to it. So uh, I didn't feel a lot of pressure, to be honest. appreciate Jack gave it to me. I think he would uh, take it. But you know my uh, capability of, of taking penalties. So, uh, yeah, it shows he's a really good guy to, to give it to me. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
Yeah, and that's what I liked about it. I thought he's got some balls taking that because he's after that Everton miss, which has kind of switched a lot of the fan base kind of against him because he was in, inconsistent. So while he always had a role to play, when he made, you know did that Everton miss, which could have cost us big time in terms of staying up, he became uh, a bit of a, an, uh, a scapegoat. But he's he's been seeing cameos recently, and then to step up there, and you you got to give him credit, and you've got to you know if you're still judging him on the Everton miss, you've got to wipe his slate clean because uh, considering we missed our last penalty, that was a stone balls uh, decision to take that one, and it, and it paid off. Buried it well, mm-hmm. but that's what that's what you're looking for from your squad, isn't it? That we haven't had much of this season is when when these guys on the fringes get opportunities, they've got to take them. Yeah. That's what you want to see. That's the that's the um, that's the expectation from Smith, and, and that's you've got an to earn your chance. But he has earned. You know, he'll, he'll make it very difficult to be dropped now. And it's an adrenaline. Well, I don't I don't know if he he would consider him a starter just based on that. But uh, his confidence is up now, so uh, he, he'll be more interested as well. You know, if he's coming off the bench, he'll know that uh, he can influence the game. And I think he always has been able to do that. It's not he's not like a wet fish that you put on, is it? Just to uh, no, it's, it's just his, it's just that he hasn't done it enough. I think that's yeah. the frustrating thing for the fans, isn't it? They see glimpses of a really, really good player. They just want to see more of it. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just another cautionary tale of what people say online and do because El Ghazi, like the hate he got after that Everton miss, I mean, you can criticise him, but the actual hate, now that's moved on to like Trezeguet and you've seen Traore getting a hard time today. These players, if they can come back from something like that and play an important part, I mean, you even saw Trezeguet himself last season. It's like, don't write people off completely, criticise what they do if they need it, but don't just wipe them off. Yeah, cause, I mean, you know, El Ghazi, did he or did he not play a big part in the, the playoff final to get us up? He so he was he, really that should in that, buy in that, in that ten game run should buy him some currency, really. Yep. And another player who you know is very, very unfashionable and gets pelters a lot of the time. Matt Target had a really good game, I thought. You know, yeah. I think he had. You know, he's obviously had a very difficult task for ninety minutes coming up against Traore at times, but I think he did really well. I thought Jack doubled up with him really well that was clearly a tactical thing um they knew that they couldn't just leave him one-on-one but i think they got the tactics spot on there and he and I, th- I thought he had a really good game i thought you know even when he got the opportunity on the rare occasion to get forward i thought he, he really he drove past Grealish and or mcginn or watkins he was always the extra man which yeah you know we saw with, with, the, t- with the way the two teams set themselves up villa at times had the extra man in midfield and i think if we could have actually had a bit more of the ball and used it quicker which is probably what barkley gives you we could have actually overloaded him a lot and we didn't yeah. really get the opportunities to to do that, especially with Wolves going from a back, you know, a back three to a back four. Yeah, we did say at half time. I remember in terms of Wolves uh, hurting us, they, they were they were getting behind us, but they, you know, like against Liverpool, they had no that not having a proper man in the middle up up top does hinder their potential to hurt you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if if you take you know Yotta and Jimenez out of most teams you're going to be significantly weaker in that position. Yeah. Sorry, Phil. No, just saying, like, Jimenez is probably a, one of the few world-class number nines you have in the Premier League that can play as the modern number nine. So losing him's an awful blow for them because even the commentators today were saying the ball, they didn't really change their game plan. The balls were still being whipped in and the Joe Felix, or no, maybe, maybe I'm getting it wrong with the... Fabio Silva, wasn't it? Right, that's one. Fabio Silva, the young Portuguese guy up front he did hit the post for them and yeah, he, looked, yeah. he looked lively but he's so he's such a work in progress like a development player that yeah i'd agree with that 
Wolves are going to be in trouble until they get someone in. Well, we're on the subject of forwards. I think Ollie, Ollie Watkins, even though, let's say, I mean, he had a couple of chances. Uh, I can think of the, the header off the top of my head, but he's still in the game. He's, he's always active. You know, like previous times we've seen, we've, we've always spoken about that one man up top being isolated at times. And it was almost, it didn't really matter about the ability of the player. There was, you know, they weren't in the game, but because he gets out wide, because he's uh, making himself, uh, let's say, active and remains an outlet when he goes out wide, not only can he hold the ball up, but he can, you know, you can turn and uh, drive and allow time for our players, you know, to join him in the counter. I think he, that that's something different that we haven't really had. No, he's what's what we say, like a, a willing runner. He, he keeps the the opposition defense honest for the whole game, the yeah, whole game he's yeah. on. Because even himself, he had a he he got himself into a position where I think it was Cody fell and skidded behind the, the dead ball line and left Watkins there. I mean, if he had got his head up or if there had been more people in support of him, we could have made something of it earlier. And he did have a decent shot on target. Yeah. Yeah, I really like him. I think you're really starting to see someone who, even if they're not necessarily in the six yard box, getting chance after chance, he's. He's an outlet, and that's what you want. And I think the way the Wolves played allowed us to kind of try and get in behind him and stretch. You know, he pulled Cody out into the right-back position quite a lot. I think another day you'd actually get guys driving from midfield, and that could have been where McGinn could have got some joy or even Ramsey if he'd have, if he'd have gambled. Yeah, I think I think there's more to come from him. And certainly we've seen, generally speaking, in front of goal, by the, by the penalty miss, he's actually been very clinical because it isn't like he's been you know getting chance after chance every week. Yeah. Uh, just quickly on the defensive side of things, I mean, there was some key, uh, there's a key tackle by Konza, also Ming's uh, a key block that came off of his back. I think the co- commentator said he didn't like to see Ming's turn his back on a shot. And, you know, he said central defenders should really front up. But I, I don't know if that was just like the timing of it or, or, or what. Yeah. But the end of the day you got in the way of it yeah when you're throwing yourself at the velocity he threw himself at that one your your top half of your body is going to take funny shapes yeah no that's what i was thinking i don't think he was wimping out we'll probably wrap this off it's just a reaction uh extra I, th- I think at the end of the day there was a bit of collateral damage here obviously we're going to be missing matty cash and uh, douglas louise in the next game but you would have taken that, especially uh, having gone down to ten men and uh, walking away with three points. I, I think it's a uh, it's a big three points for for so many reasons. I mean, there's the mind the gap West Midlands derby chat, but uh, at the end of the day, I don't think that really plays into this. It's more like you see Wolves as a kind of yardstick. They were very impressive when they got promoted, and they have given all the top teams, you know, a real issue. And I consider Wolves a proper, you know, proper contest in this league. They're, they're definitely in the top, uh, what would you say, eight teams for sure? Full strength, yeah. And at full strength, you know, they have the potential to beat anybody on the day. So uh, we've struggled at Molyneux recently, so this is... Uh, in that respect, as a yardstick, it's a very good three points. Question is then who who comes in for the next game in those two places in defensive midfield and right back? Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think it will depend on the, the state of Ross Barkley. Um, I think if he's fit, he'll play. Otherwise, it's going to be a bit of a reshuffle, isn't it? Well, I think if Ross Barkley's fit, then you're really only talking about... Uh, well, yeah, you, you're missing your defensive midfielder, so that is interesting. The fact that against Burnley, I think we'll be taking it to them anyway... So we'll be under uh, like the long ball bombardment as they normally do. So I think uh, if Barkley comes back, could be almost a straight swap, and then it's just a matter of do you keep Ramsey in there? 
Mm-hmm. Or you could bring Nakamba back there. And I think the right back position, I don't think that's as much as a, as an issue. I think, you know, Gilbert, if he is up to uh, speed, then it'd be good to have his pace. You know, if yeah, Felmo comes in, then, you know, he's filled, he's come on as a sub for cash a few times this season. So I don't think it's major, is it? No, wouldn't mind seeing Nakamba to see how Villa play with a defensive midfielder that isn't just as progressive as Louise is, that maybe yeah, just, sits. just sits. Yeah. Mm, just for just a change of a tactic because Burnley all start throwing the ball into the box from all different angles so yeah it'll be a different kind of game right thank you very much for joining us for this uh, quick reaction we will uh, also deliver a, a fuller show although the old uh, Burnley game comes thick and fast so uh, we'll have to squeeze that one in but uh, until next time thank you very much for joining us and it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them goodbye goodbye days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.